Well, welcome to the show, Guillermo Campos. Did I buck that up? Yes, you got it right. Oh, yeah, I got it perfect. right. Yeah, <laughs> Matt, we've been um, friends on Facebook and Twitter for for a little while now, and you you how can I put it? Um, might might go and make a coffee here, mate. While I'll have a little rant, a little rave along here. But you're one of these people that really makes the sports really good. There's not too many sports where you can really communicate well with um, the pros and. It's not just a matter of sending a friend request, for instance, on on Facebook, but you actually communicate well back with me, and you're just really one of these real good good guys in 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 the sport. And I'm, I know I'm sounding like I'm pissing in oh, your pocket thanks here. Thanks so much. I appreciate. It. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, but um, just because um, you're probably not that well known, I guess, in a, in Australia for such. But just give. Um, just give us a thumbnail print of who you are and where you're from. So, so um, I was born in uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, uh, the home of the next uh, Summer Olympics. Um, right about two years from now, um, half of my family is Brazilian, the other side is Italian. And, and as a double season, I had the, the choice to, to choose um, what we're racing for. Uh, and I'm currently racing for Italy. You know, triathlon is, is kind of traditional. Over there, because we have very good swimmers, very good cyclists. Cycling is a big tradition in Italy. A um, few good runners as well. Um, and I was lucky enough to have met um, Alessandro Alessandri, who is the triathlon uh, Rimini um, team manager, um, who I have been racing for the last um, two years. Um, so he gave me plenty of help to get uh, everything going uh, in there. Um, I always... Um, practiced sports my, my whole life. Um, coming Living in South America where I grew up, of course, I played soccer for mostly of my childhood and uh, as a teenager as well. I actually was pretty good at it. Um, I played for a few good clubs uh, in Rio. Um, but then I stopped playing and then I went to a med school for a while, but then I decided to change my mind and go to sports science school. And then that when I was in touch with um, triathlon running, and I, I decided to give it a go. It, it started as like a, a hobby, pretty much like everybody. You know, I just uh, wanted to be exercising again. Uh, I had a few friends from soccer who turned into runners, um, and that's how I got into the sports. So that's pretty much. Yeah, so there seems to be a real crossover be- between soccer and triathlon. I've, I've known so many. Uh, soccer players that eventually switched over to triathlon and they're really killing the field. Do you reckon that helped? Uh, yes, that that's actually um, a very good question. Um, a point that, that I would like to mention, especially now that I live here in the US, and if you look, I think it's pretty much the same in Australia, a little bit in Europe too. If you look at the background of maybe 75% of triathletes, um, they either come from Swimming or running. Yeah. And especially here in the US, that's pretty much the reason is that um, they do those sports in high school. So since they are kids, you know, they, they become part of a team in uh, school. They have easy access to pools, to tracks. That doesn't help them much in South America. Yeah. So um, pretty much kids start playing um, team sports. And of course, so- soccer is... Um, Soccer is sport number one in the country, and that's 
you know, like a kid's born in Brazil or even in South America, and they, the first thing that they get from their dad as a gift is a soccer ball. Um, but indeed, I think it helps to cross over to endurance sports uh, because, uh, you know, we, we did quite quite a good mileage per week. You know, although a soccer player would tell you, if you ask a, a, soccer, if you ask a soccer player, what's your uh, long run? They would say eight kilometers, like five miles. And they would yeah. be like, yeah, like the coach is killing us. You know, he's making us, he's making <laughs> us run so much <laughs> so but uh you know like some athletes who some some athletes who like this part i, I was one of those you know so yeah. it, it usually helps uh, to build some good engines for endurance sport later in your life well, so, so how when switching over to triathlon how long um how long were you an age gripper before you went pro um a little bit more than three years um i was in the middle of um, sports science college, um, when I decided that I wanted someday to really start training to try to get a pro card. But, uh, but I knew that by that point, I, I just couldn't have a routine that would, be, that would allow me to do that or would allow me to perform at my full um, potential. I was at you know, full-time school, working part-time, um, I was living in Rio by that time. It was really hard to commute around from school to the pool and back home in lots of traffic. You know, traffic jam was hard yeah. to ride my bike. So uh, it took quite me a while to get all my stuff together where I could find a routine that I could really train well to become a pro athlete. So uh, what I did was when I graduated, I packed my things, went to live in Italy for a while, and that's when I could... Um, get some training, good training going on, and qualified to my uh, pro card. Right. So, so it was when, pretty much about a little bit more than three years. So when you got to that level of going pro, was it a hard decision to to jump onto that? Uh, yes and no. I will explain yeah. <laughs> my dual answer. Um, uh, no, because I had that in my mind very clear that that. That was what I wanted to pursue it for a while. That that I wanted really to give it a go. I wanted it really, really bad. Uh, but the problem is that um, you know, although my parents are very, very supportive, they, they always were through my whole life. I didn't. Uh, I don't come from um, a family where people have a lot of contact with sports. Yes. So I, I had the same problem when I was playing soccer. You know, like for my family, they would rather see me going to school and graduating as a doctor or a lawyer than even going to sports science school and trying to become a pro athlete, even if it was a soccer player. Like, those guys make really good money, but it's still, my parents, you know, they, they were acting like parents. They wanted me on the safe side. You know, if, yeah. you, if you put it on the table, you know, like with your kids, you want them to become doctors, they're going to have, like, a more stable life. But um, in the end, they understood that, that, like, trying to become a pro athlete was, like, my goal, what I really wanted to. And, you know, like, my parents were, were always really, really supportive of me, and they couldn't even like start the first step out of the door, even if it wasn't their help. So they were like a key for me to, to um, start that journey, um, you know. But a lot of people, I see a lot of that, like in young younger athletes, they are like finishing college. They need to make a decision in their lives, and you know, yeah. and what what I would say is like you just follow your, your instinct, instincts and your heart. You just go. You have to be really clear about what you want. So, so how old were you when you went pro? Um, I actually came to the pro ranks pretty late. 
uh, was about three years ago. So I was turning uh, 28, turning 29. But, um, you know, like if you if you come to the U.S. or even in Australia, you see kids with 18, 19-year-olds uh, turning pro because they have this structure that they need to develop as like junior and young athletes and then become under 23, have a little bit taste of ITU racing. And then if they don't do well, they um, choose to go to long course. But, you know, like with my background in South America, like I stopped playing soccer with 18 to 19 years old. Um, right. So, you know, I, I didn't start running or even swimming till I was 22, 24. So that's a late um, start to the sport. And that's actually what is nice about triathlon. You know, it, it's like a very, um, it, it has a huge ha- range for all type of athletes with all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of biotypes. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I came late to the sport. So, of course, I would turn pro late compared to other athletes. Yeah, yeah well, uh, that's one thing I like about about triathlon. Where it's such a huge, wide range um, of age. I've I've got a mate who turned pro, and I think he was thirty seven, and he's he's doing all right. So that's like that's like grandpa stage, really. But he, he's doing really well. So, so when you so what, when you started, were you concentrating more on ITU or was it seventy point three? Well, yeah. Well, when I started, of course, you know, um, I was like watching ITU races on TV, following that on internet. I would consider that ITU is um, is the Formula One of triathlon. You you watch it, you know, like it's a, it's it had like a World Cup all over the world every single month. A huge race with good TV coverage. You see those fantastic athletes racing. Of course, you get excited about it, yes. but at the same time, I had in my mind that I would never, I could never make it it at the pro level with the lack of swimming I had in my, on my background. You know, like you see those guys who race ITU today, if you can't swim like a 1,500 meters under close to 70 minutes, you're pretty much back of the pack and you can't do anything. And now the runs are just getting faster and faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that with the lack of swimming background I had, I would never had a chance. But of course, I started doing tries with the, shorter um distance um as an age grouper i even won a, a, a continental cup in uh, in peru in south america um but i knew that once i made that uh step up to the pro level i would, I would not stand a chance against those guys i mean it's not that racing low course is, is easier of course it's not it's, it's as hard as itu is but it's just a different type of racing that would fit me better with my weakness and strengths yeah, yeah. So, what is your what is your current training look like these days? Um, so, over the years, especially when I was an age grouper, um, I had to work quite hard to bring my swim to a level, at least to be decent enough to be rating long course that wouldn't um, take me off the race on the first discipline. You know, I could, uh, with the help of a lot of people, a lot of coaches. Um, I'm pretty much like a 55-minute Ironman swimmer, which is not outstanding, but at least I'm, you know, I'm there, I'm racing. You are still in the race if you are a 55-minute five, uh, swimmer. Yeah. Um, so my training now is pretty much very focused on my run. Although my run used to be my strength because I have this good, you know, soccer player thing background and I was a good runner when I was um, way younger as a teenager. I, I used to play right wing as a soccer player, so you know those those guys are a bit among the the ones that run most on the on the soccer field. Um, 
But once I, I started doing triathlons, um, I had to cope with quite a few injuries and that took out the consistency of my running. Yes. So that's why I'm now working in Boulder with um, Lee Troop, which is an um, Australian um, Olympic marathoner. Uh, he runs uh, the Boulder Track Club here with, a, with an amazing group um, with um, male and female um, runners, uh, Olympic prospects for the next um, Olympic Games uh, in Rio. And, they, and I'm lucky enough to have the chance to train with those guys, you know, to watch how they run, what they do. And uh, I'm trying to... Um, Right now, my focus is on my run because even in Ironman, if you can't uh, have a strong uh, last leg of the race, a strong marathon, you are out of the race. I mean, the proofs you, you can even see like in Hawaii, even in uh, other Ironmans around the world, if you can have uh, a marathon close to three hours on the on the men's race, yeah. you know, you are out of the race. Yeah. So, so but we'll just go back to your swim quickly. So. But what was it? So how much did you, when you first started, um, to bringing your time, um, Ironman swim time down to 55 minutes, was there a lot of time you had to take off to get to that or was more just um, stroke correction or just becoming as fit as possible? What was what was the um, situation there? Yeah, I think for like most triathletes, especially the ones who um, lack a swimming background, um, the first thing that comes to your mind is that you have to make the mileage in the pool. You have to go there, you know, and try to, let's say, um, compensate the time you didn't have as when you were a child in the pool. But um, I I quickly changed my mind. I, you know, my, my first year, I was just sinking in the pool. Like I was trying to swim more and more, but I was just getting nothing um, out of it. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I started work with a swim coach uh, back there in Brazil who is a guy who um, coached a, a juvenile uh, swim squad. And then he started to work on, uh, on my stroke. And then that's when I started to see more um, benefits and more gains um, regarding time. I mean, you know, swimming is all about technique. You, you know, people read that, they hear that all the time, but it takes time, like, it was my case. I'm telling from my personal experience. It takes time for you to realize that in swimming, sometimes even less is more. I mean, if you can't hold a good technique together for more than, let's say, 3K, why yes. are you trying to swim 5K? You know, you are just going through bad habits. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that would be my main advice here. I mean, from my personal experience, you know, um, do what works for your good technique. Do a lot of drills. Try to talk to as much people as you can. And there are several ways to get to get to a point where you are becoming a better swimmer. Some people recommend straight recovery. Others recommend you to bend your elbow. Like every people, they have different biotypes. Yes. They will react uh, different to um, swim techniques. So we, we, with triathletes, not any different. I mean, I'm a five foot five guy, like a one fifty seven centimeter guy. I'm not huge. I can't swim like Ion Torp or you know like. Uh, Grant Hackett. Those guys are like two meters, huge arms, uh, you know, unbelievable body position in the water. I had to find the best way to um, fit my body and uh, my my swimming habits, trying to find a better technique. Right. Yeah. So, the, so currently you're living in Boulder, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, um, you haven't been there all that long, have you? Or? Uh, I have been here in Boulder uh, for about almost um, two years. Um, 
a little bit more than two years, like two years and a half ago, I came here for a summer training camp. Yes. Uh, by that time, I was living in Europe, um, back in Italy, and then uh, I was amazed by the training structure here. You know, you are in the altitude, it's easy to commute around town, all the best um, Ironman and long course athletes come here to train um, pretty much every year. So I thought that that would be the best spot for me to uh, to be training. And uh, I also had, by the time I was getting married, and I also had to think about my wife's life. Uh, and here Boulder is also, you know, uh, such a nice community for you to have a, a life, like to, to bring together your personal life and your uh, professional career, sports life. So, uh, so, so since moving to Boulder, what, to, what has that done for your um for your game, basically, is it is your training up a different level, or is it just on a no nice progression? Yes, so I would um, consider two main things here. Um, one thing is like um, the training structure itself. So um, you know, I can easily commute around town um, to go to the pool, to go to the track. The training facilities are amazing. Um, I can go to to all kind all types of riding. Um, from the door of my my house. That's something I, I had never before. And we are talking about optimizing time. You know, you finish yeah. a session at the track, in five minutes I'm at home, I can eat, I can rest and recover well for the next session. Um, that was a key, a key thing for me that I, that I think was a huge um, differential for, uh, for my game, like you said. And the second thing, which is as important as the first, is the... the the person, uh, the person that I've met here, like Lee Troop, is an amazing, amazing running coach. Um, I have the chance to also work um, with Ini uh, Jones, who's a um, uh, national level swimmer for the USA. Um, she coaches at the Rally Sport Pool here. Um, so you know, like having access to people with that amount of knowledge was huge for my training. You know, it, it was completely different from what I had before. So we'll just move. We'll stick with Boulder here. But what's it done from the business side of um, being a pro triathlete? Has it opened any other doors living in Boulder? For sure. I mean, when I'm talking, you know, when I when I um, had my first um, sponsorship um, deals going on, when I said I was living in Boulder, I think for sure it helped me to open some doors because uh, we are a huge, a big athletic community. And yes. the exposure, the exposure you get here as an athlete, is huge. Right. So that's very, very important on the, on the sponsorship side. I mean, the better you can spread the, the word out about the product, the product you use, your training routine, you know how it, how this product impacts on your training, and of course, the more people you reach, the better for the sponsors as well. So I think being bolder definitely opened me um, some extra doors for sure. Yeah. Well, um, what are some of the biggest mistakes you 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 personally have made since starting triathlon? It could be anything, whether it's um, in training during a race or in recovery or. Uh, well, the first thing here, and it's a pretty simple one. I mean, uh, in your in the re- relationship between like coach and athlete, um, athletes sometimes make it very hard. I, yeah. I was one of those athletes, you know, like it, it's pretty simple. Your coach tell you to do some stuff. You just stick to it. But, yeah. you know, we as athletes, I think all kinds of athletes, uh, all levels of fitness, we are very impatient. I mean, Lee Troop tells me 
that all the time. And us athletes, we are very impatient. So, um, you know, I, I think my biggest mistake was being impatient, was being like wanting to um, rush steps. And, you know, triathlon is such a complex sport. It's hard to balance the three sports, swimming, bike, running, intensity, uh, mileage. So trust your coach, like listen to him. If you are, you know, working with someone, if you hire someone to be your coach, you have to be 100% committed to him and doing uh, what he's asking you to do. So um, even in my, in my first pro year, I got quite a few injuries. I mean, I was amazed at being boulder surrounded by such fat, uh, fat, uh, fast athletes. I was trying to go hard all the time. And, you know, I ended up um, rushing a few steps and then uh, getting a few injuries. And I think it was a, um, a huge mistake. Yeah. And uh, adding something to it, I think that another mistake is like, um, I see that a lot of uh, times, especially if like age groupers, they are like reading blogs all the time, trying to get like a thousand opinions about the same thing. So like, you know, it, there are several ways for you to um, coordinate and to guide your training. If you're trying to hear 10 people at the same time, you just go out of your path. Yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to choose a path and just stick to it. And then that's how you mess up with training. I mean, if you if you hear someone saying that it's good for you to go to the pool and do um, five one hundred hard, and then you read at someone else's blog that the guy is doing four one hundred because it's better <laughs> going slow but doing more mileage. So I think that's like a common mistake that I see around that I used maybe to do a little bit myself as well when I was an age grouper. Yeah. Uh, but I think that people should keep an eye out. I mean, people, you know, you you choose a path, you stick to it, and you you work hard, the results will come. So with um, with like with mental strength, what do you do there? Do you just uh, I hear sometimes people do visualization. Some people put mental strength training in their training program. Do you do you do anything in particular to build mental strength, or are you just one of these lucky people that are just naturally mentally tough? Uh, that's a good question. You know, like I myself um, struggled for a long time. Uh, to bring up my mental game. I mean, you know, especially as an age grouper, when I was starting, I was freaking out before races. Um, you know, sometimes I was even like have fever on race week just because I was so ner nervous about that. Yeah. Um, I tried a, couple, a few different things. You know, I tried to uh, chat with a uh, sports psychologist. I tried to do uh, briefing techniques, visualization. And again, I think it works for, for some people, for other not. I was one of those because I, I had such um, a high anxiety level that um, the only way for me to to like become mentally stronger is um, something that I learned actually here in Boulder and with Lee and his group. I mean, you train the way you race. Yeah. So, you know, um, sometimes I would show up to a, to a training session when I was doing stuff alone by myself. Boom. I would just go there to the work go great he the splits and then when i was like kind of running together with some of let's say um other triathletes who would be my adversaries racing i was freaking out so um i think that the best way for you to become mentally stronger is trying to practice on training yeah. what you what you will need to overcome on race day so people have different um things that bring them out of their comfort zone so let's say um someone struggles on a shop 
on a choppy open water swim, you have to try to simulate that in training. Yeah. Um, other people, they struggle with mass start. If you have like 200 people around you trying to fight for the same spot at the same time, you freak out. Then you have, you know, you can do some like um, training sessions in the pool where you jump with other people in your lane and you simulate that start with other people around you. So my uh, advice w would be like doing training what makes you uncomfortable on race day. Like get out of your comfort zone daily so on race day it will be routine for you you won't freak out anymore yeah yeah that's that's pretty good advice um the, now you're um a challenge family ambassador is that right yes correct so uh this year we're gonna have um the challenge fort village uh the next october 26th um in um sardinia uh in Cagliari, sardinia italy that's actually where my family is from um, and I have been working as an ambassador um, for the race, trying to spread the word out. Um, Challenge family is growing up um, fast into the triathlon scenario. They're doing a very, very good job yeah. um, putting up very good races. So, so yes, I have been working with that, and they are um, coming uh, to, um, South to North America next year, and I just applied to be an ambassador for them um, next year here as well. So they're going to have a the Team Challenge have three. They are having a partnership with with Evolution Three, which is a brand that was also organizing uh, independent triathlon races. Um, they're going to be together here for next year, so they are having um, open applications for uh, for everybody. So you just go at their website and you can fill an application, and, and anyone can pretty much become an ambassador if you if you um, have anything you can add and bring up to to those brands. Excellent. Mate, um, I noticed that you've got a lot of really, really good quality photos of you during training and racing. Why would they take it? Do you know someone who's a photographer or are they done by sponsors? Uh, yes, uh, I did a photo shoot last year um, hitting Boulder. I, I thought that would be um, a good idea when I, when I had my first um, sponsorship um, deals going on. That would be nice to have a... a a very good-looking uh, personal website. So um, I knew a photographer here in the area who is a guy who um, works in races and uh, he do uh, photo shoot sessions for for athletes. He's he's pretty much like, let's say specialized in that. He takes like sports and action um, pictures. Um, so most of my pictures were done on a photo shoot. Yes. Uh, some of them were were done um, through racing. So kind of half half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I think they're really good. It stands out a lot. A lot of the um, pros you see, they'll just, just most of their photos they post are generally from from their iPhones. But yeah, you've got some really good quality photos. So they're actually quite impressive, mate. Um, so what's your race schedule look like for the rest of this year? Um, I still have uh, more uh, two big races coming up. Uh, two challenge races actually. I'll be um, heading uh, overseas from the U.S. to Europe uh, in uh, two weeks from now. Uh, I'll be racing uh, Challenge Baguera in Mallorca, Spain, yes. which this year will be um, European Championships uh, for middle distance. So let's say for half Ironman uh, distance. Um, Challenge and, and the ETU, the, the European branch for ITU, the European Triathlon Union, you know, they have had a partnership going on, if I'm not wrong, for the last two or three years. Um, so every year the ETU... Uh, has a partnership with a challenge race in Europe to be um, a middle distance championship and an Ironman championship. So I'm racing uh, Challenge Pagera 
middle distance on October um, 18th. Also, uh, it's promising to be uh, an amazing event, you know, beautiful spot, beautiful venue, um, family friendly, a lot of spectators. Yeah. Uh, Mallorca is a very um, well-known destination in Europe for triathletes and uh, cyclists. So I think they did a very good job bringing the European Championships Middle Distance Partnership with Challenge for this race. And then uh, a week after, um, I fly to Sardinia, hometown in Italy, to race the inaugural event and uh, Challenge 40 Village. Uh, and then I'll call it the season uh, after those races. So come back to US, give a small break, and jump into an, uh, winter-based winter, uh, training for next year. So what are your, some of your go-to training sessions? Um, as um, my focus literally has been on my run, my favorite um, training sessions has um, has been like my, my, my running sessions. Um, again, I'll say that because I love uh, so much running with that group. Uh, we push each other. We push each other so much. It's such a good environment. Um, with the Board Track Club, um, we have a, a group um, training session on Tuesdays and on Friday mornings. Um, my favorite session among those that we do is uh, the one that we call Teller Farms. Uh, it's a, a gravel um, trail that we have um, here in Boulder, in South Boulder. Um, we park our cars at a, a trailhead and then we jog uh, for about um, three miles, so around 5K, to the bottom of a hill. And then uh, we have to do like a time trial on that hill. It's kind of, we attack that hill. And that was a session that Lee Troop says that it was it was his um, bread and butter for a long time. Um, it always worked for him, so he always liked to throw that on us. So uh, we attack that hill. We go running hard on like uh, hills and rollers through the water tower. We, we touch a sign that's in there that Lee says has been there for the last 10 years. <laughs> and then he says, just touch the sign and come back as fast as you can. So it's pretty simple. We just attack the hill. We go there, come back. It's about... Um, about four miles, so 6.4k, yeah. and then we jog. We jog back to the cars from the top of that of that hill. I mean, it's a hard, it's a hard session. Like, even for the runners, they they find it hard. And then at least say that when you can really um, attack and do this session pretty well, you are on the top of your training. So that's that's my favorite session here. <laughs> yeah, excellent. But um, what what uh, what about sponsors? So would you like to give a plug to all your sponsors? Uh, yes, uh, you know, I, I, I'm lucky enough to, um, like, since the very early, very early stages of, of my young um, pro career, have met uh, very supportive people. Um, so, um, Alessandro Alessandri is a um, former Italian Ironman champion who now runs um, a triathlon and duathlon team in uh, Rimini in Italy. Um, I have been racing for them for the last two years. Um, he takes very good care of me when I'm in Italy. He helps me to go to race his fun, kind of, the race when I'm in there. Um, and I've also have been lucky enough to um, had a chance to start working with like big uh, triathlon companies uh, like Physique. Now I'm riding for uh, Cervelo, and you know, like those companies just help me to get the best equip- equipment that I can. And that's very important to be racing fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what about um, how can people connect with you, mate? Do, uh, what's your Twitter and website? And 
Uh, yes, uh, you know I'm I'm very uh, active on social media. People can easily um, get hold of me. Um, I'm on Twitter, which is um, uh, Guy, uh, kind of my nickname, G U I, and then try Guy try uh, underline online. That's my Twitter. Um, I'm on Facebook as uh, Guillerme Campos. I have my um, personal um, Facebook um, page, and I also have um, an uh, athlete page in there, which is um, Guillerme Campos long course um, triathlete. Um, I am also on Instagram as uh, Guy Tri um, Campos. Uh, and my personal website is www.guy-campos.com. No worries. And if people want to jump on our website, they'll be in the show notes. I'll have a link to all those there. So thank you. Is there anything you want to say, mate, before, before we shoot off? Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I just uh, would like to, uh, that's something I would like to make clear to everybody. Some people, when they come to me and they think that triathletes are like superheroes, in fact, they are. But triathlon is a sport that has doors open for everybody. All kinds of people, all kinds of ages, from young children to older people. The most important, I think, is um, get involved in the triathlon community, have your friends around, you know, uh, being involved with uh, active lifestyle. I think that's that's the most important message that triathlon has for everybody. And that as a pro athlete, as an example for maybe a lot of people, I'd like to uh, to bring up. You know, like it's a it's a it's a sport. We don't want to exclude anyone. It's a sport open to everybody, and that's what make it makes triathlon so unique. Absolutely. Right, mate. Well, this has been good. Thank you very much for um, sitting down and chatting with us and all the best for the rest of the season. Thanks a lot, Tim. Thanks a lot for your time and I'm a big fan of your work. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for your chat. Thanks a lot. Cheers. <laughs> thanks, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye.